Leading Edge Medicine provides only general medical information. Since everyone's individual situation is unique, you should consult your own physician before taking any action related to your personal health. All content of this program is intended for general informational purposes only. Good morning and welcome to Leading Edge Medicine with Dr. Jerry Mixon and Dr. Samira Umet. Leading Edge Medicine is sponsored by Longevity Medical Clinics and is devoted to helping you feel and function better tomorrow than you do today by providing the newest and most advanced medical care designed to improve both your body and your brain. Leading Edge Medicine will keep you informed regarding the very latest developments in science and medicine while highlighting some of the Northwest's most prominent physicians, all while helping you separate the science from the silly and the facts from the fiction. This is live call-in radio at its very best, giving you the opportunity to participate in the show. And now, here are your hosts for Leading Edge Medicine, Dr. Jerry Mixon and Dr. Samira Umat, along with their co-host, Lynette Morgan. Oh, good morning. Good morning to you. Did you see that snow? Like some flurries in our area. It's been getting so cold. cold. But... I what? Know. Are you crazy? Uh, well, April, April Fool's. April Fool's. She got us. I thought that was way better than me, you know, sending you a message an hour or two ago going, I can't come in. I'm sick. <laughs> yeah, no, no, no. I thought, oh, we'll play with the weather. But today, okay. uh, April Fool's Day. It um, is indeed. It is indeed. This is a happy 73rd wedding anniversary to my mom and dad. They were married on this day. April Fool's, April April Fool's April Day. April Fool's Day, really? It was the only day the church was available <laughs> back in 1950, so they took it and then realized, oh, it was April. Oh, no wonder. Yeah. I do. Well, kind of, sort of, maybe. <laughs> so, oh, here we are, Leading Edge Medicine. Good morning to you. April is here. Spring Isn't is he? here. And uh, Dr. Jerry Mixon in the studio. Yeah. Dr. Samira Umat, too. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Yes. Yeah, no, I was out on the trail this morning and I was dancing by himself. <laughs> that Dr. Mixon out then there. Then I was on the feeling trail. so good I couldn't help but I broke into a run for a while. Oh, <laughs> just, okay. You know, but I'm, I'm wearing. But, yeah. but I'm not dressed for running. You know, I wasn't yeah. planning. I'm wearing my leather coat and my, you know, my Stetson. And <laughs> I don't have any running shoes on, and you know, I'm in my hiking boots, and there I am. Running down the trail in my big leather coat. Anyway, who's chasing that man? Or who is he chasing? Is, is yeah. more like it. So, oh, oh well. Oh well. Here we are, Leading Edge Medicine, live in the studio on this April first day. And before we get started, let me give you our phone number so you can be one of the first ones in with uh, your questions. What's going on in your health? What's going on in your world? We want to know. Give us a call, and we'll get. John right away. 800-465-8770 is that number to call. It's 800-465-8770. Okay, Dr. Mixon, I know it's been a busy week for you. What's new in medical news? Not a whole lot, really. Yeah. Oh, that's a good thing, right? It's been a very quiet week. We don't have, you know, no more disease and pestilence than usual on planet Earth. Wonderful. Out here on the third yes. rock from the sun, kind of wandering around and around. Um, no, you know, again, COVID is a, an essentially a non-event. 
Um, you know, the RSV is all pretty much passed. The monkeypox turned out to be a dud. <laughs> yeah. Uh, they, oh, boy. And, and they tried, though, didn't they? Oh, they did. We, they tried to scare us with monkeypox. The, the masks come off Monday. The masks are supposed okay. to come off Monday. Although I do see that there are some members of Congress and some state governors are objecting to the concept because they say, but the emergency, we need the emergency. Why? Yeah, yeah, What is yeah. the emergency? Except yeah. for the fact that you want to exercise powers above and beyond your legal abilities. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> you know? So, anyway. Hey, no more masks. And is yeah. that... Uh it's true for medical yes. places, yes. too. Med- yeah. Medical facilities yes. can take Wonderful. their masks off at last. So yes. you'll finally be able to see your doctor's face. I, know, I will. I haven't I seen it. And I, I go in Monday. I'll well, the thing is, we, we don't even know what many of our new patients look like because we've never seen their faces. Right. They've always had a mask on. <laughs> yeah, <sad. laughs> yeah. Oh, well, that is good news. We've been waiting for that for mm-hmm. uh, three years. And, you know, we have a lot of older patients in our practice and they come in and it's hard because they can't read our lips because yeah. of the mask and they can't and they hear have hearing well. issues yeah. yes. yes and so they're looking and they're trying to lean forward what you say <laughs> but you want them to come in and they want to come in yes, yes. Yeah. so anyway yeah let's right. let's get rid of these damn masks and move on with life <laughs> uh, yes okay so that's the biggest thing right there is no more masks and how about you dr you matt what is new with you well we uh, the clinics will not be open on saturdays for medicine anymore uh, okay. We tried it for six months. Mm-hmm. Um, the uh, We did have ma- many uh, new patients come in, but none of our current patients, I think, needed Saturdays, okay. which uh, we thought might relieve some of their work detention, but it seemed like they didn't need it. So it's okay. Uh, we'll go back to Monday to Friday, eight to five hours for the clinic. Bella Medica, however, is roaring and busy and two master estheticians fully booked every Saturday. Wonderful. So they will still be open on Saturdays. Yes. Okay. Yeah. That is good news. Yeah. Now, somebody calling in um, during our show to get one of those health analysis appointments yes. will be able to get through Absolutely. on Saturday. Mm-hmm. So that's a good thing. Get you scheduled in unless you want to do that online. So. That's right. You can yeah. go online or you can call the clinic. We can certainly book you in. We are available Monday to Friday, 8 to 5, anytime you want to come in for any health analysis appointment in any of the three clinics. <laughs> okay. All right. If you'd like to get through with your questions, 800-465-8770. Now, Dr. Mixon, what do you think is uh, top of mind for people right now as we're headed into, we're into spring. We are full-fledged ahead now, looking ahead to summer and uh, with health. What are some things we can be doing? We've been locked up so long. Allergies are a big topic. Allergies are a big topic. Yeah. And of course, as the weather is warming up and people are taking off the big bundled coats, yeah. weight. Yeah. Okay. You know, they, they desire to lose some weight yeah. and to get more fit. And obviously allergies because there are lots of people with runny eyes, puffy faces, snotty yes. noses. Why are you looking at me? <laughs> you know? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, and the big question, is it allergies? Is it a cold? Is it COVID? You know, ugh. That's right. Ah, same thing. So take care of it. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. And, you know, people moving from state to state will find that they are more prone to allergies that are more prevalent in the local area because they don't live there all the time. Mm-hmm. So a couple of things that we use, our quercetin com- uh, with bromelain combination that you created, Jerry, mm-hmm. is really very good for that. I've been very fond of it and it works very mm-hmm. well in mitigating any allergy symptoms for people who don't want to take prescription medications. And then the other one that I like is our echinacea, mm-hmm. the immune factor E. Immune factory, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that works really nice. Yeah. In fact, it's 
you know, I don't take that every day. I use that if I start to get a sniffle, yeah, yeah. Mm. a little cough, then yeah, I take two of those three times a day, and yeah. it seems to knock it down pretty oh, fast. Oh, that right. is good news. Yeah, yeah. when um, somebody gets sick in my family, I put it on the kitchen counter. <laughs> Do the echinacea. Do it now. Now, what about the quercetin? If you're already taking it, like myself, uh, do you double that up you during can, allergy season? Yes. Okay. Dose, yeah. It has bromelain in it. And, you know, I had read the other day, we two capsules. Normally, with our supplements, people only have to take one yep. to mm-hmm. get what's in the contents. But with this one, we have to take two. So if you're okay. taking one, you're already taking half dose. So just double it up. All right. Yeah. And that's, uh, that's a good thing for... And what does bromelain do? You were saying, yeah, because it has bromelain in it. Bromelain is anti-inflammatory and uh, reduces the histamine response. So it's actually very good for nasal and sinus allergies. Uh, very good to get rid of that runny eye and the redness. So Very good. Okay. This is all good news. Your questions today. We'd love to have you jump online. Be one of the first ones in today with your questions. Maybe you've had a procedure that you've been talking about doing and now you're past that. Uh, we love those updates to hear how something went. We always like the good news uh, as well as the, okay, I'm facing this. I don't know what to, to deal with. Uh, symptoms, always, that's a big deal, too. And you know what? I bet we won't get any COVID questions because it doesn't seem like we... Nobody's you know, got it. Yeah, nobody's got it. Uh, forget the boosters. Got, yeah, it's like... they've okay. got it, they've got a runny nose. <clears throat> there you go. Yeah, and it's like, yeah, you could have a runny nose. Okay. Uh, Dr. Mixon, anything else you want to address before we dive into our first call? Yeah, do we have calls waiting? Uh, we do not yet. Okay, yeah, well, waiting then. for that first call at 800-465-8770. Stand up, pull the phone out of your pocket and yes. give us a call. Yeah. Talk to you. You know, yeah, I've got a, a young friend who, well, young, mid-40s. <laughs> oh. <laughs> you know, the older I get, the younger they get. doctor. That's true, isn't it? Doctor, you, Matt. Yeah, yeah that's our age, right? The older I get, the more kids there are in this world. Uh-huh. But, there uh, are. In fact, I, I refer to her as kid. Yeah. Uh-huh. She's sometimes a little offended. She's a mother of three and, you know, yeah. finishing high school. Yeah, kid. Um, <laughs> yeah, this is a, a nice young lady who... Uh, went to her gynecologist recently for her, her pelvic exam and pap, and he noted that she thought she had a little cyst okay. hmm. uh, up by her urethra, and so sent her to a urologist, did a MRI and a scope, and turns out that this is actually a diverticulum. Mm. Yeah, oh, like for diverticulitis? Kind of, except that instead of in the bowel, this yeah. is in the urethra, the little tube that goes from the bladder to the outside. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, it's a it's a consequence of childbearing. Oh, okay. It's those three children she's had. Mm. You know, vaginal deliveries. Vaginal okay. deliveries. Yeah, Not cesarean sacrum. Oh, okay. And that's your problem. Is you know, I, I've said for many decades, female plumbing is proof that God is male, because no female <laughs> deity would design this system. No. You, you know, you put an eight-pound baby through a one-inch one opening, this just makes no sense whatsoever. Um, and there's always trauma. You always get, you know, mm-hmm. muscles torn, fascia skin, goes, skin yeah. goes, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, mm-hmm. and so, you know, woman has several babies, you're going to get a fair bit of trauma, and that's the consequence, you know. I mean, the kids are now in their late teens, and she's just now noticing this. Wow. It's good that go she to... noticed it and came yeah. in. Well, it's not going to do her any major harm. It's, okay. it's basically, it's it's a, a diverticulum means it's diverted. It's a little pouch that has gone off to one side of the urethra. And, you know, there's nothing in it but urine. <laughs> oh, okay. Because that's what's coming down that urethra is urine. So 
it's it's not a big problem unless it should get infected. And of course, mm. women are are prone to bladder infections, and the diverticulum could get infected too. So the urologist wants to take it out, mm-hmm. and that's mm-hmm. going to mean, you know, a couple of weeks with a catheter in, and oh wow, yeah, and so she'll be kind of stuck at home. Mm. So you know, we've had to encourage hubby to step mm. up and mm. take over with the kids for you know a little bit of time. Yeah. Don't expect her to spend all day on her feet with her fresh surgery. Mm-hmm. You know, treat mama with a little bit of kindness and pampering. Yes. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Good uh, idea. Yeah. So I guess that is, you know, that, that is a, a issue that most people don't encounter. I mean, when we think of diverticulosis, we're usually, we're usually thinking of the bowel, the colon. Yeah, correct. Exactly. You know? mm-hmm. But it turns out that women can get them in the urethra too, just because of you know, childbearing. Mm. Okay. Any place so. else you can get something like that? You can actually get uh, what we refer to as a cloaca, a, a mixture, a, a connection between the vagina and the bowel. Okay. So that, uh, you know, and those unfortunate ladies can actually end up with stool coming out of the vagina. Oh, wow. Okay. Which is very distressing. When that happens, a woman gets really upset, you know, with, for good cause. Of course. Okay. And so, but once more, it's just a matter of, you know, we got eight pound babies and one, one inch openings and mm-hmm. there's always trauma. Mm-hmm. You know? And so hubbies need to be cognizant of the fact of what the, you know, their pleasure has put their wife through. Yes. Yes. <laughs> so, now, what would be some symptoms? How did um, this well, woman know? She, she, of Could course. Could she feel it? Was there pain? No, she had no symptoms. It was okay. just during her standard gynae exam. Okay, which we the, don't want to yeah. put off ladies, even as we get older. The gynecologist <clears throat> saw that was a, a bulge that shouldn't be there. And okay. So, you know, she sent to a to a urologist who then was able to you know, fully diagnose the issue. Okay. And now the urologist is a person to fix it. Very good. So, yeah. That's why these uh, tests are, you know, I always get so nervous when I hear a, a 55, 60 plus year old saying, oh, I've never had a mammogram. It's like, get in, yeah. get tested. And then once you know, you're all clear and the doctor tells you you've got, and, and the same with your pap test. So, too. so important. People, people get, seem to get the feeling that if we don't find something bad, it was wasted time and money. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's true. You're yeah. right. You know, well, they didn't see anything. Why did I have to do it? I know. Well, yeah. because so I, that you know that they didn't yeah. see anything. Yeah. Yes, yeah. So that has value, I fear. Yes, yeah. it does. Yeah, yeah. No, the same with when some of our tests, you know, people go, well, we didn't find any. It's like, no, no, what we have reinforced is that what we're doing is right. Yes. That's why we didn't that find it's working. anything. Yes. That We've got working. you tuned up. You're where you're supposed to be. Right, so, right. You know, mm-hmm. this is I good think news. what bothers me is when they say, uh, the doctor didn't spend any time with me. It was like five minutes and he didn't answer the questions and he got up and he laughed. And that's what gets that's, me. Yes. Yeah, because that is something they should object right. to. Exactly. The doctor mm-hmm. should be in the room to your questions are yes, answered. That's exactly. right. And I see yeah. my doctor Monday, so I've got my questions ready to go. Good. For my five minutes. <laughs> Obviously not my longevity doctor. So. Pepper them with one question a minute. <laughs> that's right. Okay. Got it. All right. We've got some phone callers on the line. We're going to take those in just a minute. If you'd like to get in the queue, here is the number for Leading Edge Medicine. We are live in the studio. 800-465-8770. We'll be right back. Stay right there.
Aging gracefully is a terrible option. Learn to live to your fullest potential. It's a lot more fun. Call with your question at 1-800-465-8770. That's 800-465-8770. Stay tuned for more. Is chronic pain beginning to make your everyday life a challenge? Then consider the only doctor with over 30 years of experience in pain medicine techniques, including stem cell therapy. That's Dr. Daniel Nelson, MD, with Eastside Pain and Regenerative Medicine. Here's what a satisfied patient had to say. Yeah, I started about like a year and a half ago. Uh, I started having some sharp pain in my left hip. It's getting tough to climb upstairs, uh, tough to play with the kids. Everybody was kind of pointing towards the same thing of, you know, you had to get a hip replacement. And Dr. Nelson's great about saying, hey, you know, there's there's different types of medicine out there that we can help fix this without surgery. Six to eight weeks later, you start to realize like, oh, I, I can climb a stair. And it was really actually kind of great after that eight week mark, like oh, I can start doing things. So definitely see the results pretty quick. Don't let pain take control of your life. Consider stem cell therapy with Dr. Daniel Nelson, MD, 425-823-4000. That's 425-823-4000. Or you can find Dr. Daniel Nelson online at DanielNelsonMD.com. We decided we needed something to make us feel um, younger and healthier. I didn't want to do it by myself. I knew that Larry had to come with me. Since I've uh, become a longevity patient, I just feel wonderful now. You have absolutely nothing to lose and everything to gain. Longevity is a miracle for us. Ooh, you come on like a dream. Peaches and cream, lips like strawberry wine. You're 16. You're beautiful and you're mine. You're all ribbons and curls. Oh, what a girl. Eyes that twinkle and shine. You're 16. You're beautiful and you're mine. <laughs> you're my baby. You're my pet. We fell in love on the night we met. You touched my hand. My heart went pop. And ooh, when we came out. We could not oh, stop. Yes. <laughs> I got to admit. <laughs> oh, boy. What did you call I, this, I, Dr. Mixon? Well, this is the jailbait song. Oh, boy. She's oh, boy. Sweet 16, and that's too damn young. You know, leave the kid alone. There you go. <laughs> Especially for our listeners who are in their 40s, 50s, 60s, and plus. There we uh, go. That's right. Leave those candy strappers alone. Okay, so we've got a call. Uh, we, we've got a couple of them here, and if you'd like to get through two phone lines are open. We'll get you in the beginning of the program today. Don't wait until the last 15 minutes of our show. 800-465-8770. Dr. Jerry Mixon here and Dr. Samira Umat today. I'm Lynette. All right. We're headed to Tacoma. We have John on the line. Good morning, John. Hello, John. Good morning. Hi. I'm one of those uh, same age as uh, Dr. Mixon guys. Okay, okay. Finally a grown-up. Yeah. So my vision is really good. I just wear minor uh, reading glasses, and uh, I can see all the stars and everything. And I went out on the deck to see the the planets that are supposed Uh, to be Yeah, five in alignment, yes. Yeah, Yeah, I thought that'd be cool. So I look up in the sky, and and it, it looks weird. And then I look a little closer, and I can see the airplanes landing and the the, the stars, and there, it, it looks like little fairy things. That, ah, like those little crystally with, sparklies. Yeah, I, and I've never seen it before, 
And then uh, I look around, and the whole sky is that way. Every every single oh. star is that way. And then I say, well, that's weird. So I close one eye at a time, and both eyes are seeing the same thing. And then I I rotate my head because the 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 color things are coming or the white things whatever are are, are like they're falling out of the out of the sky. And so they rotated as I rotated my head. Huh. Um, but unfortunately, it's been overcast ever since then, so I haven't mm. been able to check and see if it's uh, something that's long term. But it's absolutely never been that way before. And I was just wondering if you ever your, heard of something silly like is that. Is your vision okay the rest of the time? Yeah. Hmm. Okay. And do you see that's any? No, for for Michael Gilbert. Yeah, that's yeah, probably is a, there, getting is, to the eye yeah, doctor. Yeah. Is there a, like when you're driving at night? Do you see any other problems with lights at a distance? No. So no, no, no halos, no sparkles. Last night. Yeah, the okay. little sparkly no. things. I re- I remember um, when I had my lens exchange with the doctor. Mm-hmm. That's the only time I've seen those. So that I was like, oh, I've seen those. I know what he's talking about. Mm. When they exchanged the lens, I was like, oh, look, pretty sparkles. He goes, aren't those pretty? And then he put the new lens in, and and we were good. So, yeah, might be worth uh, checking with the eye doctor. Yeah, yeah. This is one Get of those in? things. I, you know, it doesn't doesn't set off any special alarms except I don't like vision changes. Yes, especially sudden onset things. So, you know, if Doctor Gilbert is listening, as he mm-hmm. usually does, that signal. Yeah, it's Michael, going give us a call, and you know, let's get a little commentary from a, a first-rate ophthalmologist, right, about what might be going on. Right, so, that would be good. So, my friend, like a good idea to me. Yeah, yeah. I don't, mm-hmm. I don't have an answer for you, but I know a really good ophthalmologist, and we've just asked for some help. So, if he's listening to the show and can call in, you can hear what he has to say. And yeah. Alternatively. John, if he doesn't call back today, he will be here on the 15th with us. Very yeah, good. But if there's something serious going on, I don't want to wait till the 15th. I yeah. agree with you. Yeah, so, get into your eye doctor. Yeah, so regardless. get into your doctor yeah. as, as soon as possible. But let's, let's see if Dr. Gilbert uh, mm-hmm. answers our call. All right. Okay, so John, we'll let you go right now. And if Dr. Okay, Gilbert you, comes sir. in, we'll talk about sparkles. All right. Uh, headed to the phones now. Thank you so much, John, for calling in. Uh, we've got a call from Florida, so they've been up and alert and have had their coffee, I'm sure. Oh, yeah. Half, yes. Halfway through the day. Yeah. Hi there, Benz. Welcome back to the show. Hello, Benz. Hi. Uh, thank you for taking my call. Thank you for your great show. Okay. Um, I had a question. I have a question regarding the resume uh-huh. procedure. Okay. I'd like to know uh, if. Uh, you can explain to me a little bit about that procedure and if it could benefit me because I maybe to help as far as uh, my urination. Uh, okay. And well, let's that kind of thing. Yeah, let's get a little bit of more detail here. Have you ever had a prostate surgery in the past? Uh, no. Good. Okay. Because re- many doctors won't even attempt to resume if you've had previous surgery there because it distorts the, the anatomy and so on. Um, 
Okay, basically, you've got the bladder, which is kind of a big muscular sac that stores the urine, and then it comes down the urethra, to, which runs down the center of the penis, and that's how your urine gets out. Around, Right below the bladder, right at, just below the bladder neck, is the prostate. And the prostate has usually three lobes, and it kind of surrounds the urethra. And so those, those three lobes are supposed to have enough space in the middle for the urethra to go through. But as men age and the progesterone levels drop and the alpha receptor, estrogen receptors start causing that prostate to enlarge, to grow, uh, it starts to constrict. It gets big enough that it's pushing and squeezing that urethra. And so you start having more and more trouble urinating. And you can get to the point that the bladder never really empties. You may only be peeing off the top 50 cc's. And the other 150 or 200 cc's is staying in the bladder. And so you have to keep going frequently because it never really empties. You're just taking the very top of the pressure off. Mm. Um, The resume procedure is where the doctor puts a scope up the penis into that area of the prostate where it's squished. And and then he takes a kind of a curved needle pokes a hole into the prostate and injects a little burst of steam hmm. that cooks and kills a little piece of the prostate tissue. And he'll do that several places around the urethra into different lobes of the prostate. And then over a fairly brief period of time, the prost- those areas of the prostate that have been cooked die and get reabsorbed. And that makes the prostate smaller, opens up the channel, and you can pee better. Um, It actually is the least traumatic way I know of surgically to shrink the prostate. Um, The next one is uh, called a uh, prostatic arterial embolization, and that's not done by urologists. That one is done by radiologists that thread a catheter from your in your thigh up into the arterial blood supply of the prostate and they inject little tiny microbeads in to plug up a lot of the the smallest arteries in the prostate Mm. which then starves the prostate for oxygen and nutrition and enough of the prostate dies to then take the pressure off and you pee again when that one is done well, uh, it works beautifully. The problem with it is there's not very many people that do it. Uh, it's you know, most common people to work on prostates are the urologists. So finding a, a experienced invasive radiologist to do this is a bit of a challenge, especially. And I don't know anybody in Florida. There must be some. But I only know one guy here in Seattle that does it. So... Resume is far more common than prostatic embolization. It's generally very low risk. Most people uh, have you know very little downside from it. You may need a catheter for a little while because when you inject that steam and you kill part of the prostate, there's an inflammatory reaction, and so there's swelling, and you've already got it swollen almost all the way shut. <laughs> so, so the catheter prevents it from shutting down completely and causing obstruction until your body can reabsorb that killed prostate tissue. Does that 
paint a graphic enough yes. word picture. I wish I <laughs> yes. you, you can't see me waving my hands and yes. trying to illustrate <laughs> this for you. But you know, I, if this were TV, I could have a little drawing. You know, that's right. <laughs> that would be better. Are you an artist? Uh, no, but uh, I do stick figures and prostates pretty well. You do. Okay. <laughs> Okay. Okay. Just checking. <laughs> well, great. And, and is this something that uh, they would put me under for this procedure? You know, it is often. It depends on the urologist, but uh, many people have enough equipment they can do it in their office under just mild sedation. Uh, you know, okay. sometimes they, they work with a surgery center or an outpatient surgery. Key, surgery. It also depends you know, on your your otherwise health. Uh, you know, if, they, if you've got significant heart disease or that sort of thing, you know, they may want to sedate you a little more deeply and, and get rid of some of your anxiety. The, the procedure itself is not likely to cause you any other health problems, but it would be your emotional cardiovascular reaction, mm. you know, to, to having this done. After all, putting a scope up the penis, you know, sticking needles into the prostate through the urethra, it's not something that most guys look forward no, to. No, yeah. Knock me out, please, I would think. Yeah. Well, or at least give me, you know, a good sedation or yes. a little bit of, uh, of a very short-acting you know, intravenous, uh, something to just kind of put me down a bit, relax me. Yeah. So, that. All right. Okay. okay. Thank you so much. And, All right. the process, and this, one more question is the, pro, pro, the process. Uh, uh, lengthy? About how long would you say it takes? No, it should not be lengthy at all. This is really a very fast procedure. I mean, you're talking about, you know, okay. total thing, maybe 30 minutes or so. Okay. I mean, he'll actually spend okay. more time, well, yeah. he'll spend more time prepping and washing his hands and getting gowned and getting the sterile field than he will do the, doing the procedure itself. Okay. Oh. All right. Okay, well, oh, Ben. Thank you. So there you much. go. Sure. All right. Bye-bye. Enjoy your day in Florida. This is Leading Edge Medicine. We're taking your phone calls, and the lines are open for you at 1-800-465-8770. And we have Dr. Michael Gilbert on the line. He's going to answer that question. And right when we come back from this break, stay right there. Leading Edge Medicine. Listen to past programs by going to lmclinic.com. Call in now at 1-800-465-8770. That's 800-465-8770. Pete Talbot here again for a good friend of mine, Dr. Michael Gilbert of Northwest Vision Institute in Bellevue and Kirkland. My wife Vicki and I have been seeing him for over 20 years. But most importantly, Michael and his entire medical team are simply amazing, offering what virtually no other clinics offer, an advanced ocular exam. Honestly, it's like Dr. McCoy on Star Trek compared to the typical eye exam you're used to. For nearly 40 years now, I've been researching and interviewing physicians throughout the country, and I can tell you whether it's LASIK, RLE, refractive cataract surgery, retina, or dry eye problems, without question. Dr. Gilbert and all the doctors at Northwest Vision Institute are some of the most advanced in the Pacific Northwest. To schedule your advanced ocular exam, go to nwvision.com, nwvision.com, or you can call 425-450-2000. 
425-450-2020. This is Carolyn. In our 60s, my husband and I were struggling with libido. And I've always called him Dudley Do-Right because he's such a good guy. But since longevity, now I'm calling him Studley Do-Right. And welcome back. It's Leading Edge Medicine. We're talking about uh, Dr. Mixon's kitty cat at yes. home. Yes, behind the scenes. My, my wife and daughter's kitty cat. That's right. My damn cat hates me. <laughs> Well, no. You bring your own pet. There you go. I think we should have a studio cat. How about yeah, that? I once had a horse that loved me. But, oh, uh, yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah. Mm, back in the day. Yeah, well, back you know, the day. I was with him from the, the day he was born, actually. Oh, did you help with that process? No, I went on the pasture and he was there one morning. Oh. It was, it was, it's kind of a, a bit of an odd story. I, um, I had a patient who was back in my country doctor days. And uh, he had eight or nine kids and no education. And he made his living moving sprinkler pipe on the ranches. Ah, so okay. Pretty you know, low income guy. Had significant heart disease, needed coronary bypass surgery. Uh, he had no money and no insurance. And the state would not help him because he owned a horse. And that was considered to be a luxury. Wow. Now, out on that ranch, owning a horse was a nothing. Everybody had horses and, you know, but I guess they're city folk and they think owning a horse is a big deal. Mm. So they wouldn't let him have his coronary bypass surgery as long as he owned the horse. So I bought his horse for a dollar, put it in my pasture, and uh, he had his surgery, and then I sold it back to him for a dollar. Very uh, good. But what, I, what surprised me was I didn't realize that Mare was pregnant, and so she dropped a young colt, a young stallion, oh. uh, about uh, three days after I got her in my pasture. And so when I gave him back his horse, he let me keep the young colt. Uh, and, and thanks for letting him get, helping him get his surgery. And uh, so I was with that little stallion from the day he was born. Aww. And I never had to break him. I just gentled him. And so used to be when I would, as he grew up, he loved to run. And I never needed a bridle or a bit on him. I just threw a piece of hay twine around his neck and hopped on bareback and rode. And if I just pulled the twine one way or the other, he knew what to do. And we had a great time. Aww. I used to land my airplane in the pasture and he'd chase the airplane oh. as I taxied to a stop. And then I'd get out and he'd <gasps> hop on his back and he'd ride me up to the house. Look at that. So. <laughs> oh, okay. So what was his name, Dr. Mixon? Rusty. Your Rusty. Rusty. Okay. Because oh. he was rust colored. What a sweet. So. Oh, that's a sweet story. So that was that. My, Yeah, that was a, back in the days when I was a country, country doctor. That's right. <laughs> out in the boondock. And you know, riding rusty and round up in the falls to bring the cattle down out of the mountains, and yeah, I love so, that. Yeah, I've, I've got to do things most doctors don't get. Yes, to do. that's so great. <laughs> I mean, so. As you're telling the story, obviously it's such a endearing story, but more than that, the contrast between city life and country life is so apparent. <laughs> yeah. yeah, some people never get to experience yes. that, oh, and the yeah. joy of not just the horses, but the connection with animals. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And, so sweet. And there are enough stories around that suggest 
us that connection with animals and the earth is actually grounding, not just for your uh, personality, but health-wise also. Sure. You know? Mm-hmm. Well, you know, I, I think my favorite Rusty story was he and I were, I know, we're, we're, Michael's on the phone. But I'm oh, going to tell the story anyway. Michael, <laughs> hang on a second. <laughs> sorry, Dr. Michael. I did give him the I'm, sign. I'm in, I'm in reminiscing mode. Today. Yes, he is. That's uh, okay. Yeah, you know, I was riding in the Rodeo Days Parade. I was riding Rusty in the parade. Uh-huh. And, you know, I was in my jeans and boots and Stetson and, and uh, Rusty was prancing down the street with me on his back and my pager went off. Oh. And it was it was actually the pagers in that little town came through the fire department and they, they talked to you. They didn't just oh. give you a number. And so I'm reading my pager goes beep, beep, beep. And it said, Dr. Mixon, Dr. Mixon, OB stat, OB stat. Oh, 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 oh. Labor and delivery. So I, yeah. so I wheeled the horse out of out of the parade route, went galloping through the town up to the to the little hospital. Uh, nurse met me at the emergency room. I threw the reins to, to her, hopped off the horse, ran in to deliver the baby. Now, you see, <laughs> a little bit different. Uh, just a little bit different. Yeah, I can see the nurse holding the horse going, okay, now what? Yeah, where, where do I tie the horse where here? Do I, what do we, I do? We don't have a hitching post here at the hospital. Yeah. That's true. Oh, boy. Okay, way too sweet. We're having a lot of fun, as you can tell, on Leading Edge Medicine, and we love your phone calls and uh, your horse stories, too. 800-465-8770. Dr. Michael Gilbert heard our bat signal or okay. saw it. And he is on the line to discuss vision and eyes. Of course, Dr. Michael Gilbert from the Northwest Vision Institute. Hi there, Dr. Gilbert. Michael, tell us about this guy's how, rotating sparks. With- <laughs> <laughs> wow. It's going to be hard to compete with a horse galloping through the uh, through the town stories. <laughs> hey, like I said, Michael, I have lived most men's wilder fantasies. <laughs> <laughs> I thought I had heard most of the stories, uh, Jerry. Yes. Uh, there's a lot lot to come. That's yeah. right. That's now right. you just have to tie up the Tesla. That's right. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, see, I, I've, I've gone from a, from horseback bareback to a uh, 1,200 horsepower Tesla. Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> so, it's yeah. amazing. <laughs> there you go. Uh, well, Michael, tell us what what do you think might be going on with this guy? Seeing sparkles. Oh, uh, you know, I uh, first of all, the the gentleman is is uh, exceptional and inter- interesting. So, for a gentleman of his age, if I understand, he was talking about his uncorrected vision. It, it sounds like me. his uncorrected vision is superb. Uh, he undoubtedly has some cataracts, which are an aberration. But he's talking about sudden on- onset. So we move on. So I'm not sure I'm going to give him the exact uh, diagnosis, but I think we can talk about some of the insights because he was really helpful. He's analytical. He's clearly tried some things. Yep. One of the things, so he's observed bilateral simultaneous onset. Now, the first thing when you hear him talk about the story sounds like he's talking about some floaters. And so you want to say, well, anytime you get floaters, important to get it checked out. Usually they're little aberrations that drift by and, and they would reflect off of uh, uh, light sources. So initially that was what I thought he was describing. But when they're bilateral, symmetrical, that's not typical of a floater story. In fact, any, floaters generally, new onset, it's going to be unilateral, not mm-hmm. bilateral. Yeah, one eye or the other. Lateral. That's right. 
usually, now sometimes, just quick footnote, sometimes you will have floaters that you don't see most of the time, but in certain lighting, looking up at a clear blue sky or certain lighting uh, uh, environments, you'll see your floaters. That's not what we're talking about, because that will be bilateral. It's when you have a sudden change, that should be unilateral, one-sided, if we're talking about floaters in the vitreous. So that doesn't make sense. So we need a bilateral phenomenon. One of the things that he'd want to exclude, you're looking at those planets and stars late in the day. If his eyes are a little tired and a little bit of dryness, that could be bilateral, would cause some optical aberrations uh, on the surface, and you could get some radiations from point sources of light and, uh, and symmetrical. So uh, blink or put a drop of artificial tears in, if it changes it at all, then you've got your answer, it's, uh, it's dry eyes. That's not what I think it is, though, because it, one of the things that he described was when he tilted, it head, to, tilted his head, these light, uh, light radiations uh, remained parallel, sounded very organized, and, and rotated with his head. So you're talking about... Um, unusual light bilateral light aberrations the one thing that can do that would be something like a mild optical uh, migraine and so it, then my next my next questions for him would be to go along that line any family history of migraines not necessarily the headache but any any of the variations of uh, migraine syndrome because that can be unilateral or bilateral, and you can have definitely very organized uh, sparkles of light, um, and they may or may not uh, fit uh, with uh, with an observed, you know, the lights in in the environment. So he he definitely deserves uh, a little more discussion. He's very uh, got some very interesting symptoms, uh, but most likely I'm I'm betting today that this is an optical migraine. Okay, let me throw one more little bit of, of uh, data in here, then. You're right. I mean, I had not thought of that, but he's describing he's an older man. You know, he's in my right. age group. He's looking up at the sky, which means he's kinking his neck upward, which means he may be embarrassing those those vertebral, vertebral arteries. Yeah. yeah. You know, and, and obviously the vision center is right back there at the occiput at the very back of the brain. And those vertebral arteries are providing the blood supply up the back of his neck uh, to that area of the brain. So, yeah, I, I I had not thought of that when he was talking. But now that you mention it, I'd say not only possible, but likely. I'd also, though, just uh, to rule out bad stuff, suggest he go in and at least get a, a vascular Doppler study. Uh, and let's make sure that he doesn't have narrowing of those arteries. Uh, you know, we look at his carotids, right. look look at everything we can with the the duplex Dopplers. Absolutely, and I think you know clearly we're asking for just a few you know that next layer of questions to go one way or the other or cover uh, cover the possibilities. But he's obviously a very observant fellow, so yep. I, I suspect. Asking about a few more symptoms would take us one direction or the other, or maybe you just want to cover them. But I think uh, vascular, 
migrantist uh, sort of phenomena. Uh, any one of those are very possible. Okay. Right. Well, thank you, Michael. Thank I, you, Doctor. I, as Killer. always, we're always you know happy to have you chime in when we've got a <laughs> ophthalmologic problem. Yes, and we actually have another one here. So, oh, if Doctor Gilbert, you would stay on the line. Stay on the line, Michael. Uh, we'll take another oh, break. And <laughs> very good. Uh, we're going to take a break here in just a moment, and then we'll uh, talk about embolisms and seeing double. Okay, in just a second, okay. uh, about a minute away from our break. Uh, but Doctor. Gilbert, the time I saw the sparkles was when you were doing my lens exchange. Remember, right. I would go, oh, so sparkles, so something were, so different. That's very common, and that's pressure-related, because when Ooh. we're doing that, the cha- pressure inside of the eye is changing, and this, the retinal cells are very sensitive to pressure input, but they know only one language. There are no sensory nerve fibers in terms of pain sense. The only language they know how to speak, that entire array of retinal cells, is light. So when they have pressure on them, you will see sparkles of light or past waves of pastels or fireworks. Um, so that's uh, that's why you saw those. That was very cool. Yes. All, All right. right. Well, we'll take our break and be right back. Yes, we'll be right back with uh, Bob from Quincy with his question for Dr. Gilbert. And if you'd like to get through with your question for Dr. Mixon or Dr. Umat, this is Leading Edge Medicine. Here is that number. Phone lines are open at 800-465-8770. Stay right there. Leading Edge Medicine. Leading Edge Medicine. Don't believe the lie that you have to fall apart at the normal rate and see what your options really are at lmclinic.com. Stay tuned for more. That Longevity Development, the business and marketing arm of Longevity Medical Clinic, has entered a strategic management relationship with Paramount Pharmacy. As a medical clinic, we cannot tell anyone where they have to go to fill their compounded prescriptions. We can only make suggestions. But for the last two years, we have referred our patients to Paramount Pharmacy for three key reasons. Excellent quality control excellent pricing, and excellent customer service. And now, due to our new management oversight and relationship, Longevity Development and Paramount are actually working together to better serve our patients. A team approach to better health care. It truly can make a difference. And now, to celebrate and to convince you that we truly feel we can better serve your health needs while saving you money, Paramount has agreed to make an offer to all new patients willing to give Paramount a try. On your first prescription only, Paramount is offering you a 90-day supply for their 30-day cost. That's right, a 90-day prescription for the 30-day cost. All you need to do is call Paramount at 425-251-1660. It's as simple as that. Call 425-251-1660. The aging process is not easy. This is not something you can stop, but you can certainly feel a lot better along the way and not have as many of the symptoms that people think is normal when they aren't. And that's what longevity will do for you. As far as longevity goes, it is as close as you're going to get to the fountain of youth. Many a tear has to fall, but it's all in the 
the game All in the wonderful game That we know as love we're back. Welcome back. It's Leading Edge Medicine. Good morning. My name is Lynette Morgan, along with Dr. Jerry Mixon and Dr. Samira Umat in the studio and taking your phone calls at 800-465-8770. We have Bob on the line from Quincy. And Bob, you called at the right time. We just happened to have Dr. Michael Gilbert, our eye doctor extraordinaire, on the line. Hello. Tell us about your problem. Hello. <laughs> well, I, I I had that embolization, which was uh, the last procedure after the oh the the brain surgery I had at Christmas time to relieve uh-huh. to get the blood out of there from the brain bleeding. And they said they gave me a lot of uh, sedation. And my surgeon, who was a, a bright young guy, he said uh, if there was a problem with the procedure, I would have loss of vision, not double double vision so he told me and reassured me that this would clear up but I think it might be it's beyond 10 feet that the double vision starts um, and Dr. Gilbert did do the RLE on me and I just at this point I'm just being patient but I would kind of like to know what his opinion is and I like the way he explains what is happening mm-hmm. uh, so, okay uh, so Dr. Gilbert couple of questions, if I may, Bob. How long ago was the embolization? Uh, 30th of March. Only okay, two days. Okay, so we're, we're two days. very recent. All right, yeah. good. So yeah. I'm glad about that because the longer it lasts, the less likely it's going to resolve. But this is me. We can measure post-op in terms of hours, so I don't I don't think there's anything to be anxious about. I think it is worthwhile for you, you to pay attention to how the degree of uh, double vision that you have and check it on a daily basis. So pick some objects at a distance, pay attention to how separated they are, and check that uh, periodically. And that appears to to be diminishing. Okay, great. So um, it's I'm feeling better and better about this. Uh, but when we when we talk about double vision, the very first question, and I think I understand the answer, but just for those listening, when you're trying to to work out a double vision puzzle, the very first question is, does it go away when you close one or the other eye? And the answer in your case is yes. almost certainly yes, it goes away. If it, it doesn't a, go yeah, away, my vision is absolutely so, fabulous when I close one eye or the other. Thank you very much. Another unsolicited testimonial for RLE. That's right. <laughs> Thank you very much. All right. So now we have to get back, back to the double vision puzzle. For those who are listening who might have a little double vision, if it doesn't go away when you close one eye, then that's called monocular diplopia, and that's coming from inside the eye or the surface. So a cataract can do that. Dry eyes can do that. But when it's only there when both eyes are open, now we're talking about a misalignment of the muscles, almost certainly. And in Bob's case, that's obviously, uh, you know, a neuro, or almost certainly a neurologic in, uh, insult, and hopefully it's just going to continue to improve uh, as that uh, normalizes. But what's happening is 
each eye has six muscles. That's 12 muscles that have to be in absolute, complete coordination every fraction of a second, whether you're looking distance far, right, left, or we would see double. So what's amazing is that with those 12 muscles in constant every fraction of a second coordination, that we all don't see more double than we do. It's a miracle. But if we are seeing double, then likely the innervation to one of those muscles has been damaged or maybe just bruised a little bit in your case, hopefully, and will gradually come back and normalize. So I don't think I'd worry about it, pay attention to it. If it's persisting and small, then usually we can put a little prism. We find out which muscle is, uh, is weakened if it becomes permanent. We find out which muscle is weakened, and we put just a little prism in glasses that helps that muscle along, gives it a head start, so it doesn't have to carry the percentage burden it normally does. But then that does mean that can't be put. That's right. But fortunately, the prescription would be extremely small. Oftentimes, if you require that, it's fatigue related. So before your eye gets, uh, you know, has any fatigue early in the morning, you may have no deviation. But then as the day goes on, a little bit of fatigue and things start to split. Very often, patients will come in and say, I'm fine. But when I'm driving at night or watching TV at night, things start to double. And that's that fatigue factor that can happen. The muscle is a little bit on the weak side all day long, but it becomes visually significant late in the day. And then oftentimes just a little bit of prism when you have that fatigue will help it. Uh, from your situation, I think the highest likelihood is that it continues to resolve and hopefully at 100% especially if you're noticing even at 48 hours that we're, we're seeing clearing. Yep. For, th- for, those of you that, you know, for those of you that uh, are listening and don't know Bob, because he's called us several times here, this is a gentleman who was involved in a rather nasty ski accident. And uh, so... Mm-hmm. <laughs> I know. You're my two favorite people right there. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> how can I help this? How can I help this? If it's for, how can I make this better for me? Is there anything I can do? Just uh, heal. The, right, exactly. There's no. We have no insights on how we can accelerate this at all. So just patience. Yeah. You know, you've had a surgery. There you you're, go. You, you have to let the swelling, the irritation go down. I mean, when they put in that embolization, they, they basically plugged up some little blood vessels. There's always a little minor trauma there. Oh, yeah. And they're, you know, and, and we're inside your head where there's no room for error. And, uh, you know, you're going to need to give yeah. this a, a couple of weeks to resolve. Don't don't panic this early, okay? Okay, that's cool. I like that you said a couple of weeks because I'm, I've got nowhere to go. I just take care of my dogs where life is good. Okay, sounds wonderful to me. Oh, that is good. And uh, Dr. Gilbert, thank you for staying on the line for that. Oh, my gosh, uh, a fun morning. Thank you for uh, sharing with me. Collapse. Okay. Uh, you know, where the, the muscles around the anus have given way and things, you know, you get some mucous membrane extruding through the, the anal verge. 
in women, it's often uh, vaginal prolapse. Where the, yeah, the yeah, uterus is falling yeah. down, uh, usually from multiple childbirths is right. the most okay. common reason. Yeah. And we end up with the cervix, uh, you know, actually protruding out the vagina. Right. Okay. Um, both instances, it's primarily a surgical repair. Okay, so if it was for himself, for a male, if what type himself, of procedure would that be? Well, he needs a, a, I mean, assuming it's a rectal prolapse, that's okay. the most common, uh, would be a, a rectal surgeon. A, okay. You know, colorectal surgeon, and they can fix it. Mm-hmm. It's uh, almost any really first-rate hospital is going to do a great job on this. It, technically, it's not that difficult, um, you know, but it needs somebody with experience. This is not a not a job for amateurs. No. Okay. <laughs> Again, you know, a chronic condition, slowly progressive in women following childbirth, in men, um, probably hypertension or chronic pressure of some kind. Yep. Or, you know, he could be prolapsing just uh, big internal varicosities. Yeah. Uh, you yeah. know, when we yeah. say prolapse, it just means something is pushing out where it shouldn't. Yeah. Okay. And so you, you need a little more detail mm-hmm. to be able to answer it accurately. Okay. So, all right. Now, what if it was he's calling for his wife and it was a prolapsed... Okay. Cervix, cervix or, or something. Yeah. What is that procedure? Well, initially, if it's mild, they can put little pessaries in. They do Kegels. They do physical mm-hmm. therapy and exercises. But then if it's progressive and there's continuous leakage and discharge of urine, then they do, can do surgery and they can tack it up so that, that you don't have those issues. Yeah. Um, they can go okay. in and, and do what's called a suspens- suspensory ligaments. They, they take the ligament, the round ligaments that support the uterus, pull it up from inside inside the belly and tack them in a, in a new position to hold it up. Uh, the other way is often in older women, uh, they'll opt to do a hysterectomy, just a okay. vaginal hysterectomy. Everything is falling down out anyway, which makes a vaginal hysterectomy a very simple procedure. Okay. Um, I usually prefer to, to not do hysterectomies if we can help it because it's not just the uterus involved. The uterus, the ovaries, and the bladder. Since the bladder is attached to the front lower portion of the uterus, if you take out the uterus, the bladder loses its support. Mm, okay. So I'd rather have somebody take a couple of scopes into the stomach, pull up those suspensory ligaments, shorten them, tie them in a new position, and that's an easier sort of procedure. Okay, so uh, Jeff, if you're listening from Whidbey Island, probably uh, get some more information from your doctor. Get a referral, whether it's for you or for your wife. But uh, don't just let that stay there. We are going to take a quick break and we'll be back with our number two of Leading Edge Medicine. Give us a call. Lines are open for you at 1-800-465-8770. 